And then 
our works that we can boast. Hallelujah. But it's through the finished work upon Calvary's cross. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. It's only through your mercy, Lord, I come. 
again what a joy what a privilege it is to worship the Lord together we welcome you here at Highland Church and around the world right now we're going to turn our attention to the word of the Lord Pastor Hans is coming to share the message that God has placed upon his heart maturity in the body hallelujah hallelujah what kind of offering are you bringing unto God today he tells us to present our bodies as living sacrifices unto him, which is a reasonable worship. So we thank God that we are here this morning for the opportunity to share the word. And we pray that your lives will be changed this morning. Welcome again to those of you who are watching online right now over the internet. Whatever time it is that you are watching this, remember to share this with your friends and share it with your loved ones also. And also we want to welcome the visitors that are here with us this morning. And if this is your first time online, please drop us a note so that we know that you've been with us. That, and this has been a blessing unto you. Share it with your friends and share it with your loved ones also. Please remember that uh, we have... Uh, the registration is open for the Bible Institute. You can register online. There are five classes. That's what we usually have. Wherever you are, whether you are in the world, okay, whatever part of the world you are in, or whether you're in person, you can register for those classes. All those classes will be online. Amen? And also, that remember that on October, the, the first Saturday of October, and it's Second Saturday of October, I think it's the third and the tenth, I don't remember exactly, we are having the... Uh, Business Entrepreneur Institute. There are two seminars that we are having. I strongly suggest that you register for both seminars, even if you're only able to attend one, but take the chance to register for both of them. And if you're able to come, do register. Bring a friend with you also. Register with friends. Amen. Let's go to the word of the Lord right now. And Father, we bless your name, O God. Bless the ministering of the word. May our life be changed, Father, this morning by the ministering of your word to Christ our Lord. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. This morning we're going to be talking about unity and maturity in the body of Christ. And really maturity in, the Christ, in Christ is also maturity in your life. As a believer, it is maturity in your life. As a family member of God, it is maturity in your life. As a father, as a husband, as a wife, as a, as a child of God, amen. And also as an employee, and also as an employer. Because some of you are employers, amen. Because as you mature in Christ, amen, every area of our life must also mature in the same time, amen? Whether it be in the secular, because for us as children of God, there is no such thing as a secular world, amen? Whatever we are doing, we are doing it as unto the 
Hallelujah. So there is no such thing as secular work for the child of God. Whatever we are doing, we are doing it unto the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So this morning we are going to begin in the, with Ephesians chapter 1, and then we are going to set the stage to go to chapter 4. We'll go to three or four verses in chapter 1, and chap, then chapter 2, and then we'll, join into, we'll jump into chapter 4, which is the main body of our message. Amen? So let's start with chapter 1 and verse 3. We'll read together. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Amen? So we find, first of all, Paul is telling the Ephesians church, and Paul is telling you and I that God, God himself, our Father in heaven, and also the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen, has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. So you and I should not go around saying we are not blessed. If we say we are not blessed, we are calling God a liar. Because God says we are blessed, we are blessed. But let's be honest with ourselves. Sometimes we don't feel like we are blessed. Amen? Based on what's going on, what we are saying, amen? And based on sometimes our own faults, amen? Praise be to God. Okay? We don't feel blessed. But the Bible tells us what? We do not walk by sight. We do not walk by our own feeling because our sight and our own feeling will, will tell us differently. That's why we walk by, we walk by faith. And it is very important for, all, for us to always remember that. So Paul is telling us, the Holy Spirit is telling us to the pen of Paul, praise be to God the Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. So there is no question about it. You are blessed and I am blessed no matter what we are going through. Amen? Because our blessings are not just here on this earth. Amen? Because whatever we see on this earth is temporal anyway. It is just temporary. All our blessings on this earth right now that we are enjoying are temporary and also all of our troubles are what? Temporary. Temporary. Sometimes you and I, we behave as if our troubles are permanent. Our troubles are eternal, oh my God. No. What God has given us, that's what's eternal and that's what's permanent in our lives. It will stay for here and also in heaven when we are worshiping our Father in heaven. So whatever we are going through, it is only permanent, permanent, uh, Transitory, amen, it is temporary on this earth right now. For we have been blessed with every spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Number two, we go to chapter two and verse one. As for you, that is you and I, because this is written to believers, amen. As for you and I, what were we? You were dead. Say, I was dead. Hallelujah. It's good to recognize where we were because if you forget where we were, sometimes we get up uh, it up in our nose there. We think we are something. Then we are the best thing since sliced bread. We are nothing. We were nothing. Everything we are is in Christ and because of God's love for us. Amen. So as for you and I, you were dead. You were dead in your transgressions. I was dead in my transgressions and sins. You know, before... I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. I knew good and evil. I knew what good and evil was. But I never had the grip of sin. 
Because sin has to do really when you relationship with God. That's when you really understand what sin is. Because whenever you disobey God, you have sinned and you have transgressed against God. It's always against God and also sometimes against our fellow man, which we should never do. But as a non-believer, I never knew, I didn't care what sin was or what sin was not. But the minute I received Christ as my Lord and Savior, I did not just become good and evil conscious. I became sin conscious and God conscious and Christ conscious and the Holy Spirit conscious. And there's a big difference because in the world, what you and I, we call sin, the world doesn't call it sin. The world would say, listen, I'm taking care of business. Yeah, I'm taking care of business. Yes, you are taking care of business. But you and I, as a child of God, we don't just take care of business. We need to take care of our father's business. Amen. And no matter what your business and my business may be, our father's business must always take precedence. That's why we always hold ourselves to a higher level of examination, to a higher level of scrutiny than the world. Amen? That's, that is what God, the, Christ is our example. Christ is our example. And we should not just say it, we should, we should tell it, we should talk it, and we should also walk it. Amen? I'm not saying that the walk is easy. Amen? But God has given us the power to the power of the Holy Spirit. I can do all things. We ought to try our very best at all times, no matter what the circumstances are. Amen? So we'll move on to verse 8 in chapter 2. As for you, for what? It is by grace. By what? Grace. Grace. You have been saved through faith. You have been saved through grace. And this is not from yourself. My salvation did not come from me. Your salvation did not come from you. If our salvation had come from us, then God would not have sent Christ. Christ would not have come, died on that cross, suffered the way he suffered for your sake and my sake if we didn't need the Savior. If we could save ourselves, God, it would have been very stupid of God. And my father is not stupid. My father is, the, is intelligent in person. Amen. He doesn't make any mistake. So therefore, you and I, and you are watching over the internet, whether you know it or not, you need a Savior if you don't know it yet. Amen. You need a Savior just like everybody else needs a Savior. It doesn't matter where you are, what you have done. It doesn't matter how pious you are because there are some real pious people in the world. But guess what? Unfortunately, it is they all need Christ. Without Christ, we all go to hell. Christ came to give us life and life everlasting. Amen? So salvation did not come from you and it did not come from me. And it is what? It is a gift of God. It is not a gift. Number one, it is a gift, which means that you have to receive it for it to be of any value to you. If you do not receive a gift, I can give you $1,000 right now. You can say, thank you, pastor, but no thank you. Uh, nothing. You cannot go to the bank and say, well, Pastor Hans gave me $1,000, but listen, and right now I want to use $1,000 to buy something, but he didn't take it from me. It's of no value to you. A gift to be of value must be received. And not just be received, must be used properly, or be used properly also. Amen? But we should receive. It is a gift. 
not from your friend, not from your mother, not from your pastor, not from your evangelist, not from your own head, amen, not from your works. It is a gift of God. Salvation ain't from any other way is not of God. Because there's only one salvation, and that's come from God. That's why Jesus says what? I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father through me but through me. So it is important for us to understand those things. So let's move on to verse 9. Not only that, not by works, not by works, so that you can't boast, so that I can't boast, so that nobody can boast. At the foot of the cross, the ground is flat for all of us. It is the same blood, it is the same sacrifice. You should not boast because God, by his grace, has saved you and somebody else has not been saved yet. There was a time, there was a time you and I were not saved. There was a time we behaved like them folks too. Amen. So we should not look at them as them. Somebody, by God's grace, amen, preached the word to us and we received the word. And most of us didn't receive the word right away. Amen. We didn't receive the word right away. I, I can tell you for myself, where I used to work, there was a guy, there was a pastor who would come every year. He would rent some buses from us. And every year he would come to the office, he would look at me, Hans, Hans, God is calling you. And I'd say to him, yeah. I said to myself, yeah. What is he talking about? Every year, every year he would come, God is calling you. He had a raspy voice. God is calling you. And I said to myself, look at you. You're probably driving a Cadillac. I'd never seen his car. I never stepped outside of the office to check the car that he was driving, whatever it was he was driving, but praise be to God. I said, yeah, you're trying to use this gift from the, from, the, from the pulpit there to get yourself a Cadillac. When I got saved, guess where I ended up? In his church. I did not even know that I was being taken to his church. And then when I got to the church, I realized what was happening. I got smart. So I hide myself. When God wants to reveal you, you can't hide from God. And he saw me. And he wasn't satisfied with seeing me. He called me to the pulpit to say hello. For what? God has a way. God has a way. That was for my own edification, my own lesson. I had to learn something. The same way, be careful what we say. We ought to talk good about people every Everybody. Even those you disagree with. Even those you disagree with. 
You call to pray for all authorities. And we, when the Bible says all authorities, you know, we tend to say, well, it's only the president, only, only the higher. The, the, no, your boss too. The one you have a problem with. If you are there, you are there for a reason. You are there to be a blessing, not to curse your boss. Now, if you have a problem, then start your own business. Then be your own boss and have your own problem with yourself. But for not by works, so no one can boast. If we have anything to boast about, let us make our boast in the You and I, we have nothing to boast about. If you are boasting about your salvation, maybe you're not saved. That's all I can say. You have to check your salvation. Because when you understand that, amen, we were dead in our sins. We were dead in our transgression, amen, and God had saved us, nothing to boast about. Nothing to boast about. Because when you realize what Christ has done for us, God be glory. That no one can boast. Verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. We are God's masterpiece. Amen. Why? Man, I am. No matter what you look like, you are God's masterpiece. You are, you, can you imagine? There's no one like you. There's no one like me. There's no one who has the same nose as you do, the same fingerprint like you do. They don't talk. We can sound like each other, but we are each one of us is different. And this is the glory of God. So whatever you look like, listen to me very carefully. Don't take what you are, what people are saying you look like, as who you are. That's not who you are. You are God's masterpiece. You're God's masterpiece. The other day, I was watching a pastor. He's on a wheelchair. He sits on a wheelchair, and he's preaching for, for, for he's praying for people to be healed. So people are criticizing him. So he said, "Wait a minute, I'm in my wheelchair. I'm doing my job. Are you doing your job? The wheelchair does not prevent me from preaching the word of God. The, it is not the wheelchair that heals people. It is not my words that heal people. It is not whether I'm standing or talking or what. It is the Word of God. It is the Holy Spirit that heals people and saves people. So wheelchair or no wheelchair, if you have a problem with my wheelchair, then listen to me. Find somebody without a wheelchair or pray to God for yourself, please. It's not the messenger. Sometimes you and I, we get hang up on the messenger so much. But the message of God, the word of God does not change. God did not promise us a bed of roses. Never did he do that. You and I, we will go through tribulations and it is through our trials, through our tribulations, that God's will will shine what us. That's why even Paul said, listen, I prayed God three times. Get rid of this thing for me. God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. Through your weakness, my power is shown. My glory is shown. That way you know how this pastor in the wheelchair, he knows it's not him. 
But those who want to criticize will always find a reason to criticize the Word of God or to crucify, crucify you know, uh, the preacher or the, whoever is preaching them the Word. It doesn't matter. Amen. The Word of God is powerful and it will accomplish the purpose for which it was, it was sent. Amen. Amen. For we are God's handiwork masterpiece created in Christ Jesus because why? You are a new creature. And maybe we are new creatures in Christ. And we've been created in Christ Jesus. Why? To do good works. Which God prepared for us in advance to do. You are called to good works. You are called to do work. Your work might be different than my work. Certainly. My job might be different than your job. Your family is different than my family. Amen? We each have a job to do for God. There is no such thing as secular work for, for the believer, like we said before. And God has prepared all those good works for us. Amen? Amen. Okay, hallelujah. That was the introduction, so let's move into the message right now. Chapter 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, Paul did not call himself a prisoner of Rome. He didn't call himself a prisoner of Caesar. He didn't call himself a prisoner of anything else but for God. Be a prisoner for God. Doesn't matter. You are a prisoner of God. Pastor talk about being a prisoner of fear. Amen. And also a prisoner of hope. Listen. Fear. To be a prisoner of fear is very, very bad. The only fear you should have is the fear of the Lord. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen? Aside from that, you should not fear men, hallelujah, but fear the Lord. Amen? When fear becomes a prison for you and I, it becomes very debilitating and we cannot accomplish what the Lord has called upon us to do. We are of no value to the kingdom of God when we are operating out of fear. When you and I are making decisions out of fear, we, nine times out of ten, we make bad decisions. When there is fear in our lives, we need to get on our knees and ask God to eliminate that because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of sound mind. Amen? Hallelujah. So we ought to operate in sound mind. We ought to ask God, listen, I, this, is God, this is clouding my vision because fear will always cloud your vision as the Israelites. Now, you and I, we can complain and we can talk about the Israelites all we want, but forget about the Israelites. What they did, they did. What they did was an example for you and I. Are we using this example for ourselves? Or are we just talking about them and saying, look at them? But wait a minute. What are we doing? As a prisoner of the Lord, then, listen, I urge you. I urge you. The King James says, I beseech you. Amen. I'm saying, I beg you like I beg myself sometimes. Why? Because sometimes we need some, a push. We need a push. We need a push sometimes. Because either because we are down 
or because we are going in the wrong direction, so we need somebody to give us a push in the right direction to correct us, amen? That's what we need to, we need all need to receive corrections in our lives. Because we are not always operating at our ultimate for God's kingdom or for our lives. So we need to be urged sometimes. We need to push one another. We need to pray for one another. That is one way of doing it also. You don't have to be talking to the person directly. You see something wrong with the person. Listen, don't go and bash that person. Pray for that person. Pray for that. That's what you're called to do first. That's what you're called to do first. Now, I'm not saying to just pray once and then not even 10 seconds and then go to the person. No. Pray and leave the person alone. Let the Holy Spirit. Believe God that your prayer has been answered. Then let the Holy Spirit do his work on that person's life. Because uh, that's the way you would like it to work for you. No? That's the way you would like it to work for you. You don't want to be to hear every little thing you do wrong. No. That's badgering. Excuse the word. Okay. Then, as a prisoner of the Lord, I then urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. We all have received a calling in God. Every single one of us. Because like I said to you before, there's no such thing as secular work for a child of God. As whatever we do, we have to do it as unto. Amen. As unto the Lord. Whatever we are doing. So there's no, you know, there's an evangelist. So there's, there are pastors, there are teachers. Yes, but wherever you are as a child of God, you are doing the work of the Lord. Whatever you are doing. Amen. Verse, uh, verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Remember before we were talking about not being, don't boast. Be humble. And I like it because it says, Completely. That means that I don't have a choice. Because sometimes we need, if we have a choice sometimes, amen, we'll try to do the wrong thing. We'll try to, you know, squeeze our way. But don't just be humble. Be completely humble and gentle. That means that we need to be humble about everything. In every situation, we and I, we need to be humble. In every situation, we need to be patient. Why? If Paul is telling us, if the Holy Spirit is telling us that we need to be patient, amen, it means that sometimes we are impatient. Sometimes we forget to bear with one another. Sometimes, you know, the sister is coming, the brother is coming this way, and we are going that way, amen. We don't want to cross paths. And when we are talking, it's not just in the church, even at your job, even in your place of work, even whatever environment you are in, in your family life. You as the born-again person, you as the children of light, as the children of light, you are the one who is for your God's light to shine around you and upon you so that everybody else can see God's love in you. And that doesn't mean that everybody is going to understand you. That doesn't mean that everybody is going to understand your love and God's love in you. Some of you will say to you, well, if I were you, that's not not the way I would handle it. You're right, you're not me. I used to be like you. I would have done that too if I were you. But I'm me now. 
I mean, I'm a child of God now. There was a change taken, that took in my life. Has it ever happened to you that you react away and then you say, my God, that's not the way I used to react. Mm, there's a change. There's growth. There's maturity in me. There's maturity in me. Or you, if it's not you, I know it has happened to me and it has happened to other people that I know. Because there has been work that has taken place. That doesn't mean that we, we are fully, that we are complete yet. We are still a work in process. A work in progress. Always remember that. Because once the tomato is ripening, what happens to it? It becomes rotten and falls off the tree. You don't need that to happen to you. You don't need to be known as a rotten tomato. That's not good. People need to be around you. You need to know that, my goodness, after I leave, whenever, whenever I'm around sister so-and-so, whenever I'm around brother so-and-so, when I leave their, their place, I live with joy. I live better than the place, than the way I was before. You should always be able to encourage your brothers and sisters. And on your job, you should always be able to encourage people in your job too. So be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Amen. That doesn't mean that letting people walk all over you. That's what I'm talking about. A child of God should not be someone's doormat. As a child of God, someone should not let people take advantage of you all the time. Be wise. We are called to be wise. God has given us wisdom. Even if God didn't give you wisdom, before you were born again, you knew not to lend this guy money twice because the first time he never returned it to you. We ought to be wise in what we do. We have to use wisdom. So, for bearing with one another in love. In love. Brother, sister, listen. Right now, I really, I don't have it to give to you. Next, maybe next time around. But right now, no. And they will understand. You don't always have to say yes. 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 To your own detriment. Sometimes to the detriment of your family. Because what you gave, if the Lord tells you to do something, I'm not telling you to go against God's word. That's what I'm saying to you. If you don't have a direction from God, use the common sense, use the wisdom that God has given to you. Period. And listen, don't let a guilt trip take over your common sense. I want to say more. Next, please. Three. Make every effort. Certain things in life do not come automatically. They are available to us, but we must work on them and we must help them grow. If Paul, if the Holy Spirit is saying, make every effort, you and I, we make the need to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. In other words, there will always be, you know, Pastor, uh, Brother Colin was talking about weeds the other day, amen, on Wednesday night. There are weeds in our lives. You don't like weeds. I don't like weeds. You know, they're tough. There's weeds. Jesus said that there will be weeds. Guess what? There will be weeds. And we have to learn how to handle, how to deal, how to deal with that. Amen. 
And Pastor was talking about being the prisoner of hope. Be a prisoner of hope in life all the time. And being the prisoner of hope doesn't mean that, oh, you go crazy. No. Our hope that we have is in Christ. And our hope in Christ is eternal. We always remember that. And it is not based on everything that we had, that we, that we are seeing here. Our, what the God has promised us will always come to pass. Amen. So make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. No. Hallelujah. Verse 4. Now, there is one body. Repeat after me. There is one body. Not two bodies. One body. Whether you are here in Highland Church in New York, whether you are watching over the internet, there is one body. Whether you are in Florida, one body. We are in Africa, one body. You are in Asia, one body. Different members, but one body. My hand doesn't look like my nose. My hand doesn't look like my mouth. My feet don't look like my mouth. My feet don't, do, don't look at like my eyes. But they're all part of my body. As a child of God, it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what size you are. Small, skinny, large, extra large, whatever it is. Super duper skinny. Rich, poor, in between. All the knowledge, all the four PhDs, 20 PhDs, or no PhDs, whatever it is. As a child of God, you are my brother. You are my sister. I am your brother. And it is all, we are all part of that same body. It doesn't matter what political party you decide to belong to. You are still my brother. I'm still your brother. You are still my sister. One body. We are all part of the same body. We should never forget that. That's why Christ died. Don't we ever forget that? One body, one spirit. Just as you are called to one hope, there's no two Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit is not different than my Holy Spirit. If your Holy Spirit is different than my Holy Spirit, one of us has the wrong spirit. There's one spirit. There's one, so I can't come in your place, in your church, wherever it is, and start misbehaving, and I'm saying, oh, the Holy Spirit made me do it. The Holy Spirit, as I know, is that this, this, the Spirit of the prophet is controlled by the prophet. This Holy Spirit that I know is a spirit of order. He is not a spirit of disorder. So, if your Holy Spirit is telling you to start doing some disorder in the church or at your job, that's not the same spirit that I have. Sorry. And check your Holy Spirit that you say you have. One spirit. Not different spirit. Different gifts, yes. 
one spirit. One spirit. And my spirit says, I need to be subject to authority. What does your Holy Spirit say? So as you are called to what? One hope. And as we said a little while ago, our hope is in the Lord. And hope is here. We're not talking hope in something that we think we are going to get. No. Hope here is certain. Hope here is certain. It is eternal. It is eternity. Verse 5. One Lord. One Lord. Jesus Christ. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. Uh, which baptism you were baptized in? There was one water baptism. One faith. Not two faith. What was given to us from the word of God, that's where our faith comes from. That's what the word of God tells us, that faith comes by and hearing. If what you are hearing does not match the word of God, keep it for yourself. Keep it for yourself. If what I'm hearing does not match the word of God, don't receive it from me. Don't receive it from me. Wherever you hear it from, is it matching the word of God? Is it building up your faith? Amen. What you are hearing? Or is it tearing down your faith? Is it tearing you down? Because when you hear the word of God, the word of God should edify the body. God didn't give his word to tear you down or to tear me down. One faith, one baptism, one Lord. Verse 6. One God. One God. And Father of all who is over all and to all in all. He created everything, amen. He created you. He created the world. He created the heavens and the earth. I mean, amen. Man, do, even now, they are still discovering things in the air, in, in space. Even now. Even now. Our God is wonderful. There is none like unto him. Our God and our Father. He's not just our God. He's our Father. That's why when we approach our Father in heaven, we can approach him humbly with thanksgiving in our hearts. Amen. But we don't have to put on an air. We don't have to come to our Father with all those big and fancy words. Is that the way you want your child to talk to you? Daddy. Abba. Abba. Amen. There's nothing that blesses God's heart than more than we approach him as his child. And I will say this to you. And also, when you approach him, when you don't know him, and you ask for forgiveness, say, I don't know who you are. I need to know Christ as my Lord and Savior. And look, let me tell you this. Maybe the last time I spoke about that was over 15 years ago. 
So probably most of you don't know, most of you don't hear. I was about to commit suicide. And uh, I said to myself, before I do that, I need to call someone and let them know what's going to happen. So that when they start looking to, for me, they don't know where I am, they don't go crazy, they will know that, okay, this is what Hans did, X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Uh, at the time, they had the, how do you call that? The coins operated uh, telephones. I I I don't understand. What's so funny about that? There's nothing funny about that. I'm telling you the truth. You you put a dime in there and you made your call. That's what it was. I don't know. Those of you who don't know history, when you get home today, Google that, and you'll see that Pastor Hunt was not telling, was a, a joke, he was telling the, the truth. I put, I had one dime on me. And because, now listen to me carefully, sometimes people do crazy things. I'm telling you the truth, okay? We had cut off our telephone because we, we, I was living with my brother. We had, he had bought a house. So we cut the phone to save money. Stupid. So now, there's no phone in the house, so I go down to the pay phone downstairs to call somebody. And I only had one dime on me. And I called somebody first. The person didn't answer. I called another one. The end. It was, I was about to call the third one, the third person. I didn't want to call the third person because I already knew what that person was going to tell me. The third person is Sister Yannick. I knew she was going to tell me about God, which I didn't want to hear about. So I wasn't about to call her. But everybody else that I called was busy. So I said, look, I need to get on with the business. So I called her. And then she told me, go and pray. So I told her, look, I don't know God. I'm not... Uh, it's up now that I'm in trouble, and quote-unquote, which was really no trouble, but you know sometimes some things you magnify them. You magnify them. We did it as, a, as unbelievers, and unfortunately, sometimes we do it also as believers. We magnify things beyond belief. So she told me, go talk to God. Go pray. So I told her, no. And then she said, then, you know, sometimes when you are looking for a job, what is one of the best things you can have with you? It's a reference from somebody. And she told me, tell God I sent you. Tell God I sent you. I said, okay. And then I, as I'm talking, guess what happens? The dying times ran out. The call ended on its own. So it was too late for me to say anything else to her. So I go up to the apartment. I open the door. And I, I did not get on my knees. I sat down and I squatted down. The minute I decided to pray, there was a peace that came over me. 
There was, a, there was a peace that came over me, so much so that I was looking around. I felt the presence of God. I did not know anything about God. I did not know anything about Christ. I got, I sat down, and I said, look, I don't know who you are, but Danik told me to talk to you, so I'm talking to you. That day, I knew there was a God. That day, I knew there was a God. Now, listen to me very carefully. I knew there was a God that day, but I did not receive Christ. I did not know anything about Christ. Down the road, I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. And God did whatever he wanted to do in my life. But I got a reference. Somebody told me, he told me, go. One God. So what I'm saying to you is this. It's not a matter of knowing God. Some people know of God. The entire world have heard about God. The entire world has had probably an experience with God. But knowing God and having experience with God is different than having God as your father. Amen. I know all a bunch of presidents. I know a bunch of presidents. Some of them I voted for. They don't even know me. There's really no relationship there. There's a part, it's not like my father in heaven. I know God as my father in heaven. God is not just my God. He's my God. But he is also my daddy. Amen. And he has made that same offer to all of us. To all of us. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. That he sent Christ to down that cross for you. Wherever you are. Whatever you are doing. Whatever you have done. I like to talk about the thief on the cross with him. Man. He said to him, today, today, you and I would have problem with that thief. If we are honest with ourselves. But Jesus said, today, we'll take care of business. You'll be with me in paradise. So one God, one Father, hallelujah. My Father, your Father, I hope, who is over all and to all in all. Verse 7. Hallelujah. But, but to each one of us, grace has been given. We receive grace. It's not something that we earn. We receive the grace by God. This is why it said when, verse 8, let's go. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captive and gave gifts to his people. There, were, was, there was a partial resurrection of some people when Jesus rose from the dead. Amen? So verse 9, what does he ascended means? Except that he also descended to the lower earthly region. He who descended is the very one who ascended on high to order all the heavens in order to fill the entire earth. Verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors 
and teachers. Now, there's a group of people that Christ, that God has put in place for these roles. But all of us has part to do that. When you are telling about your testimony, when you are giving your testimony to an unbeliever, you are being the pastor, you are being an evangelist, you are, you are being a prophet, because you are prophet prophesying over that person's life. Listen, what God has done for me, he can do for you. That's why we should always be ready to give a testimony to somebody. I don't say you don't push anything down anybody's throat. You don't force anybody. The more you force, the more you will resist. The more you push, you will resist. That's the way you behave, and that's the way I behaved. So Christ himself gave all of those. Verse 12. Why? Why? To equip his people for the work of service or the work of the ministry. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up. That's why when you come to church, you should not come and be badgered. If the Holy Spirit is convicting you of something, that's his business with you. If the word that is being spoken, the word of God is, and it cuts through you, that is God's business with you. But when you come here, I'm not going to tell you, oh, you sinner, you, you this, you do that, you know what you did. No. We all have been there. God is here to forgive us. So, why? To equip his people for my own knowledge, for your own knowledge? No. And with to equip his people, you're being equipped to do work. If you are being equipped and you're not doing any work, what good are you? You are being equipped to do work. The work of service to the body of Christ. Why? Maybe build up. We need to build each other up. We are not in the business of tearing each other down. We should build each other up at all times. Unfortunately, sometimes we shoot our own wounded. Until we get wounded ourselves. And at that point we are asking for oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. But we need to extend mercy to our brothers. Amen. We need to extend mercy to our sisters. We need to extend mercy to the unbeliever. Because once we are dead, the unbeliever is dead. So don't expect dead to behave as if they are alive. That's the way you and I, we used to behave. Sometimes we forget where we came from. To be built up, verse 13. Until we reach the unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. We need to grow to maturity. We need to mature. Yes, sometimes when we are maturing, amen, just like a tree that is not giving fruits, guess what? They get pruned. You and I, we get pruned. The pruning comes from the Holy Spirit, amen? The pruning comes from the Word of God. The pruning comes from the preacher. The pruning comes from your friend at work. The pruning may come even from an unbeliever. 
Because wherever you are as a child of God, you are in school. You are learning. You are learning and also at the same time, it is, it is strange, but that's the way it is. You are learning, but you are also teaching. Because you are a witness for Christ wherever you are. The knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So there's something that we need to shoot for. There's some, there should be a desire in our heart to be better tomorrow than we are today. And yes, we will stumble. Yes, we will sin. That's what John says. When we sin, yes, yes if we sin, the Holy Spirit says if we sin, when we sin, Yes, we are going to stumble. And yes, we might even break a leg sometimes. We may stumble very hard. But all in all, our life should be such that our life is a good witness for, the, for Christ and for God's kingdom. Verse, 12, verse 14, it's gone. Then... Oh, pastor, this is nice. Then we will no longer be infant. Tossed back and forth by the wave. Then it is important to understand that if, we are, if the Word of God is telling us, listen to me very carefully, that we need to be built up, amen, then we will no longer be infant. That means that even as we are born again, there is a time that we are an infant, amen? So which means that there is a time of growth that needs to take place, a time of growth, amen? That means that you and I, we need to help our brothers and our younger brothers and sisters in the faith to grow up so that when they do wrong, we don't bash them and kill them, amen? Then on the, on the contrary, we should tell, listen, I'll pick you up. We'll help you with the walk. Because coming to Christ, getting saved, is the easiest thing there is in the world. Because God, Jesus paid it all. God did it all for us at the cross. But the walk is different. That's why the body of Christ needs to be built up. That's why you need to be built up. That's why I need to be built up. If there was no need for that, if there were no infant among us, if there was anybody among us who is tossed out by every wave of doctrine, then there wouldn't be a need for teachers. There wouldn't be a need for evangelists. There wouldn't be a need for pastors. Amen? Those five gifts that Jesus gives that are called the Ascension Gift Ministry, that is to equip you and I. If we need equipping, it means that we need equipping to do some work and so that we are not as babies, as infants, but that we are built up to mature adults. Amen. It is important for us to always remember that. Hallelujah. Verse 14. Verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth. <laughs> Pastor, you know me. When it's time for me to talk, got to talk. Got to talk. Yes, in love. Yes, truth in love. Speak the truth in love. But also, hmm, Ecclesiastes says what? There's a time to speak. Come on, oh my goodness. A time to speak and a time to not speak. Just because it is the truth, it doesn't mean that you have to blurt it out the moment that you want to do it. 
There's a time to speak. There's a time to keep quiet. Don't speak. Go to the Lord in prayer. And God may say to you, I don't ever want you to go talk to that person. And you have an argument with God. There's a time to speak and there's a time to be quiet. There's a time to plant. There's a time to reap the harvest. There's a time to sow. Amen? So, the truth is it must be spoken in love. Always in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. We are his body. No matter what color you are, what party you are, how much money you have, like we said before, my hand doesn't even look like my feet, amen? My hand doesn't look nothing like my ears, like my nose, like my mouth. But they're all part of my body. Wherever you are, whether you are in Africa, whether you are in, Af in Asia, wherever it is, in the Middle East, we're all part of the body of Christ. And if you are not part of the body of Christ, you need to receive Christ and become part of his body. You need to become part of his body. He is the only one who died on that cross for you. Not me. Not another human being. The son of God. The way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, who is of him? The head that is Christ. The 16. From him, the whole body. Joined held together by every supporting ligament. Are you supporting or are you destroying? Are you building up or are you destroying? And every time, every time you destroy, you try to destroy your brother and your sister, you are destroying part of yourself too. It's the same body. It's the same body. Now, if I hit my finger, amen, I feel the pain. But depending on what, how, what part I hit, I don't feel the pain the same all the time. But there's pain there and my body is hurt no matter what. You may not see the pain, but you are hurting yourself. Because you are called, you and I, we are called to uphold and uplift our brother and uplift our sister. We are not called to tear them down. Built himself in love as it posh does its work. You have work to do. You have work to do. Well, Pastor, what is my work? Number one, work in obedience. That's all. Work in obedience. Well, I need a gift. You have a gift. Ask God for what is gift. What is it that you are good at? Ask God to reveal that to you, and God will, so that you can be useful to his kingdom. And I'm going to tell you a secret. Your presence. Listen to me. You ask me forgive. Your presence in, the, in an assembly is a gift to somebody. That's where the word of God says, listen, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Because there, there is, there is blessings that comes down. I will tell you this about my own self. Many, many years ago. There was a young man who used to be in the choir. Every time I saw that young man in the choir, my heart leaped with joy. 
He didn't have to say hi to me. He didn't have to say, he didn't have to give me a phone call. Just the fact that I saw him in the choir. Your presence counts. And don't think that your presence counts for the pastors. That's why I'm saying that. Yes, it does count. Because you are my brother, you are our brothers, you are our sisters. It does count for us, and it should count for us. But more important, it counts for your brother and your sister you don't even know about. You don't even know. You don't even know. And sometimes, because you are here, God may put somebody, may give you a word for somebody. Not latch onto that person. That person is not God. But God may give you a word for that person. Your presence, wherever you are, your presence on your job, amen, your presence at your job is important, is a blessing. Let alone in the church where God has planted you. So you need to find a local church where God will plant you. Instead, speak the truth in love. Hallelujah. From him, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself in love as each part does its work. I'm not going to go through everything. I'm going to, we're going to close with this. Verse 31 and 32. There's a lot more to talk about. You go home, look at it. And God speak, is speaking to you from whatever it is that's between you and God. Now, <clears throat> get rid of all bitterness. Yeah. There's weed. There's weed in the field. There's weed at, the, at your job. There's weed in the church. Get rid of all bitterness. Yes, there's bitterness sometimes. Get rid of that. It shouldn't be in my heart. It shouldn't be in your heart. Rage and anger. Shouldn't be. God does not want you to be angry except at the devil. That's all. And brawling and slender along with every form of malice that should not be in God's kingdom. As a, as a child of God, because of what God has done for us, all those things should depart from us. We should do everything that says, get rid. If, if there's a reading to get done to do, I'm going to have to do it. Now, you can help me if you are nice. I can help you if I'm nice. But I have to be careful how I am doing it. And when it has been done, I should not rebel. And you should not rebel. Amen? Enough said along with every form of malice. Verse 32. Be kind. Be kind. And I'm not just talking about to your fellow brothers, to your fellow believers. Be kind on your job. Be kind on your job. You should be known for your kindness. You should be known for your and compassion, for your compassion toward one another. At your job, do you ask people when something goes wrong? Do you pray? Do you say, I can pray for you. Can I pray for you? I'm not saying for you to get into people's business, but when 
when the business when their business comes your way, then you have the right to ask. If they say no, they can say no. You don't need to go fishing for people's business, but let me tell you something. By your attitude, by our attitude, they should know that they, they can bring their business to you. Amen? They should know that they can bring their business to you. Because you are not going to badger them. You are not going to talk bad about them. On the contrary, you are going to tell them, listen, maybe you had the same experience in your life. You, know, you, can, you can tell them, maybe, I was this way too. But you know, I found somebody. Talk to God. Talk to God. Be a reference for them. Be a reference for them. That's what we're called to do. Be reference to other people. When you say to people, when you talk to people about Christ, you are giving them a reference. That's all. Tell them about Christ. That's what we are called to do. Compassionate toward one another. Forgiving each other. Now, Forgiveness, or should I say, unforgiveness is a very big deal in God's kingdom. It should not be. And let alone in the world. In God's kingdom, it is a very big problem. It should not be. We should forgive each other. Hmm. Not just forgive, just as Christ forgave you. Just as Christ forgave us. God does not remind you constantly of what you have done. He doesn't remind me constantly of what I have done. Whatever is forgiven has been put under the sea of forgetfulness. Do likewise to your brothers and our sisters. I should do likewise to my brothers and my sisters. That will help to build the body of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, God. We don't know what people are going through right now. I do not know, Father. But you know, Lord God. You know what pain they are enduring right now, Father. Whether it was inflicted by their brother or their sisters or they were inflicted by somebody on the job or God or by a member of their family you are able to wash away that pain and renew their spirit maybe oh God they they have pained and hurt somebody oh Lord God they have not acted in love maybe they thought they were acting in love oh Father but they were not speak to their heart oh Father and help them oh God to make things right. We thank you, Father, for the forgiveness of our sins this day, Lord. We pray, Father, that you would reveal yourself, oh, Father, even as you had revealed yourself to so many people, even in the Bible and throughout the world, Father, and even in my own life and in the lives of so many people here and so many people around the world. Reveal yourself, we pray, to Christ. Glorify your name in their lives. You know what they are going through? Hallelujah. Christ paid it all. To you. To you. And you alone. Be all the praise. 
all the honor and all the glory through Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for his word today. Can you shout amen? Help us, Lord, to grow up in you. Amen. We're going to go into a time of worship and song, but right now, in obedience to God's word and as a sign of our faith in him, we are going to return the tithes and the offerings to him right now. If you are watching today, there are several ways that you can support the ministry of Highland Church. You can mail your donation to the church office at 160-20 Highland Avenue, Jamaica, New York, 11432. If you're watching on Facebook, click the Learn More button. If you're on YouTube, click the About button. And if you're on our website, click the Give button. You may also text to give by texting Highland Giving in any amount to 73256. That's Highland Giving in any amount to 73256. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your marvelous word, Lord. We thank you for speaking to our hearts today. And we thank you, Lord, for renewing faith and restoring hope and joy. As we look to you, no matter how desperate things may seem, we know that you are only a prayer away. And Lord, I pray that many would call upon you right now. And as we give, we pray that you would bless every gift and every giver, that every need would be supplied, and that these offerings would be multiplied for the good and the purpose of your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for your generous and your faithful support because it enables the word of the Lord to go forth here in Jamaica, New York, and around the world. Hallelujah.
joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. Think about it. We heard about how our pastor felt at one time that there was no hope. Amen. Then the spirit of the Lord touched him and he knew that there was a way out and that was through Jesus Christ. Amen. Wherever you are today, if you are feeling hopeless, call upon the name of the Lord. He is right there with you. He's right here with you in this room. You could be right here today and feeling hopeless, feeling desperate. Call on Jesus. He will answer you.
give him a shout. He's worthy of the glory. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Today we heard the message that we need to know who we are in Christ. Amen. And the first thing that we need to do is be connected to him. Amen. To be his child. Not just know about him, but know him. And when we know him, he teaches us who we are. Amen.
God's masterpiece. This is not my word. This is God's word to you today. You are God's masterpiece. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Do not receive it even from yourself. Because sometimes we talk to ourselves the same way the Israelites said, we are like grasshoppers. We say the same things to ourselves. We don't use the same words, but we put ourselves down the same way. In the name of Jesus, who died on that cross for you, stop saying that to yourself. In the name of Jesus, who died on that cross for you, declare to yourself, even as the Word of God says, I am God's masterpiece. You are not being boastful. You are not bragging except bragging about what God has done for you. We were dead in our sins and now we are alive unto Christ. Glory be to Him. Glory be to Him. You are watching over the internet wherever you are right now. Whatever is going on in your life, God is giving you an opportunity to know Him and to know Christ as his Lord, as your Lord and Savior. That's why Christ has not returned back yet, because there's still souls to be saved, and you, you are one of them. Do not miss this opportunity. If you are here right now in the assembly, ask Christ to come into your life. Don't miss this opportunity. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to God. The love of God, our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship, the communion, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of us from now and evermore. God bless you. Go with the peace of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
You who are dead in Christ are now alive and you are God's masterpiece. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.